I entitle today, what is your mind thinking? Good question, isn't it? And then, where is your mind? There is a location for your mind to be. Now, I taught this on a Wednesday night not long ago, but I'm part of it. And so I'm adding some stuff to it. But your mind is so important. In, it's involved in you receiving a manifestation. Because a house divided against itself cannot stand. And when our mind is divided against what the Word of God says, you don't need to think you're going to receive anything from God. So what we're going to work on this year, oh, I, I am so excited about the subjects God has given me, uh, for as, especially the why the Sabbath. I don't know why that, that, that just has stuck out to me that he had me studying that. But I just pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened to the glorious gospel, the truth. Now then, what I've prayed is that your understanding will be enlightened. That involves your mind. Understanding involves this that's sitting up here on your shoulders, the soul. So we're going to get into that. And like I said, I had taught a lot of this, but he said, you need to go back and teach that because everybody's not there on a Wednesday night. So these are some quotes that I had. I don't want us just to be hearers, but I want us to become doers of the word. And if our mind is not in agreement with this word, you will not do it. You won't. Why? Because you don't have the strength to do it. If my mind is not in agreement with the word, I'm missing that strength that the word gives. And I'll become a doer. He tells us to meditate it day and night, to mutter it. That word meditate means to mutter, to say it over and over and over and over until it takes effect up here in our mind. So um, there's a difference. Now, I had brought this out, and a lot of this is going to be repetition from a Wednesday night. There's a difference in hearing and listening. And that just went off in my spirit and in my head. Because, see, you've all been hearers of the word, but did you listen to what it said? Because the word is giving you a message. And so many of us, all of us in here can quote the word of God, portions of the word of God. But did you listen to it? Did you comprehend what he said? Okay, so this is a quote. It'll help you to understand the difference. Hearing tells you the music is playing. But listening tells you what the song is saying. Now, you want me to uh, say that again? It helps you to understand the difference between hearing and listening. Hearing tells you the music is playing. Listening tells you what the song is saying. And so we hear the word of God with our head, with our mind. But are you listening what the message is to you? As an individual. So let's go to Mark chapter 12. And let's start with verse 29. Uh, now the, uh, 
The scribes had come to Jesus and they had asked him this question in verse 28. Which is the first commandment of all? Girls, this is so important. Do you know what the first commandment is the most important? Do you know what the most important commandment is? Okay. Well, we're going to read what it is. See, you can quote it. Pardon? Oh, where it's at, it's in Mark 12, uh, starting in verse 29. And so Jesus answered them. He said, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And this is, this is the first uh, commandment. And the second is namely like this. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these commandments. Okay, so here we are. Jesus is answering the question. But what we're going to do is we're going to zero in on he said that I am, this is a commandment. There's a difference in him telling you something and him saying this is a commandment, Bonnie. And the commandment is that we're zeroing in on, I am to love him with my mind. That means I don't allow all this junk to go into my mind. And you see, we haven't been dedicating our mind to the Lord. But today, we're going to present our mind to God. Zero in on. And he says, you know, we're to love him with our mind. That means what we expose it to. Wow. Pause and think on that. Pause and think on that. Well, this verse is power-packed, and we could spend a lot of time on all the different ways and different things that he said are commanded of the Lord. But, boy, when I looked at that, and he said that I am to love the Lord with my mind. So I've let things into my mind from the TV that weren't very profitable. Was I loving the, my mind when some of that stuff I watch? By listening to it, by watching it. But he says, this is a command. So we are supposed to love him with our thoughts. Amen. Notice the number one thing is that it's a commandment. And you need to let that ring in your heart. And he said there's no other commandment greater than us loving him with our mind. Think about that. I want to read. I'm trying to think where I want to go here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and, and verse 37. 1 Corinthians. I'm going to go there real quick. I've got it here somewhere. Chapter 14, verse 37. This was interesting. 
If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge. That word acknowledge is very important there. Let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So we are to acknowledge his commandments. Amen. That's what he's talking about there. To acknowledge his commandments. Uh, I looked up that word acknowledge and it means to recognize and it means to confess. So one way we're going to love the Lord with our mind is to start acknowledging it and to start confessing. I really enjoy that word acknowledge. Because you see, if we acknowledge something, we're going to confess it. And that word is very strong. Let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you the com and that they are the commandments of the Lord. What's he saying to you? He said, let him confess the things that I say are a commandment to you. So start commanding and confessing that my mind is what? It loves the Lord. My mind loves the Lord. And I've been going around saying that. Amen. Okay. And in Proverbs 3, verse 6, it says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. There's that word acknowledge again. And that word, remember, it meant to recognize. In all thy ways recognize, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. In other words, it also meant to confess. So I have started confessing, you know, all my different ways. I'm acknowledging, I'm confessing the ways that his mind thinks. Because we have the mind of Christ. It's available to us. But we have to acknowledge that I have the mind of Christ. And I have to stop and I have to think about what does that mean to me? To have the mind of Christ, it means he's going to direct my path. He's going to talk to me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. So that word uh, acknowledge was really important to me. Um, now then, he said that there's no other commitment greater than this. You see, our mind is a house of thoughts. Tom used to always say, we're never blank in the head. We're really never blank in the head. Do you realize that? And it seems like when I lay my head down at night, it's really not blank. So our mind is a house of thoughts. The only access Satan has to us is through our mind. The thoughts. You know, I... Pam, I have to apologize to you. <laughs> That's my sister-in-law. Uh, the Lord really has brought something to my attention that, that I was doing. And we had both had a little uh, attack on the sinuses lately. And... I found my expre myself expressing my thoughts about that. And he said, what's that doing to her? 
boy, did you know this word is for instruction? And, but, uh, man, I ain't going to do that no more. But I found that I wasn't, I wasn't confessing that I felt bad. But I was telling her after it was over how bad I felt. <laughs> and I was saying, I mean, I hurt from my head to my toe. He said, you shouldn't have said that. What did that how did that minister to her? What if she gets that bug? And she did. And she got it. Do you see the connection with your mind and the words that come out of her? We sow into people's minds. And I was telling her, because, man, I was telling her after, basically, I wasn't saying, no, you don't know how bad I feel today. I knew better than that. But I was telling her the aftermath. I was telling her, I hurt from the top of my head to my toes. And I was coughing. I was sneezing every two or three minutes. Y'all. That, that was not God's thoughts that I was expressing. That was the devil's thoughts. And he just told me, what are you doing to her? What kind of image am I showing in you if I told you what, how bad I was? And then what if you get that? You're going to think, oh, boy. You know. Are you getting that point? That, that's not God's thoughts. So I have to apologize to about three people in here. <laughs> oh my star. You know, this is good. This is good teaching. Because uh, Marilyn Brown, who works at a clinic here in town, she had the same thing. And I was told, I was told how bad sick she was. And so there we go comparing in our minds. We're going to have to watch that. We are supposed to love God with our mind. Are y'all's toes sore yet? Yes. I'm, I'm telling you, it's time we grow up in the soul. And we've got to watch these kind of things. It never dawned on me. That what I had shared, how I felt, might affect somebody else. You know what? It puts an expectancy in them. You need to write that down. When we share those kind of things, it puts an expectancy in them to feel the very same way I did. I had to ask God to forgive me, and I asked Pam and Kathy and Karen. <laughs> Forgive me. You know what? That was ignorance gone to seed, as my husband would say. But this word corrects us. And I, listen, I got excited. I got so excited in studying on the mind how that we can influence your mind when sickness comes. I need to be saying what the word says. Now, I overcame it, but I still told them how bad I felt. Well, you're not going to do that, right? Say, yes, Bonnie. Because yes, I asked the Holy Spirit to quicken us. Now, why? Now, here's the question, why? See, we've got to understand this mind. And our mouth is connected to the mind. You do know that. Why do we think we have to tell somebody how bad we felt yesterday? 
everybody's going, because the thoughts were in your mind. And we're going to get into that fool here in a little bit that utters his whole mind. But what we think on is going to come out of our mouth. Absolutely going to come out of our mouth. And I, I don't want to influence anybody in the wrong way, but I did. And guess what? It affected her. It affected her. And I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that anymore. Now, remember our mind is a house of thoughts. If you think it and you continue to think it, you're going to speak it. So we've got to watch those thoughts. Now, I heard a minister, oh, a long time ago, make this statement. And it really ministered to me. He said, our mind has 64,000 thoughts in a day. Multiply that times seven. How many thoughts our mind has in a week? 64,000 thoughts in a day is what he said. You know what that tells me? My mind is always thinking on something. And we can develop good habits and, and some habits. And I, I don't boast when I share you the things that I do, uh, you know, to control this up here and, and my lifestyle and all of that. But the first thing I do, I start listening between 2.30 and 3 in the morning <laughs> to reflections. It's nothing but praise and worship music. And it puts me to sleep. And then when I get up, I listen at least two to three hours of the Word of God before I ever start anything in my day. I get my either cup of hot tea or I get my protein drink. And I sit in my recliner and I listen to the Word of God. And I don't do anything else until almost 8 o'clock. What am I doing? Feeding my mind. And I keep a notepad right there. And if I'm listening, if I happen to be listening to Kenneth Copeland or Bill Winston or, or some of these ones I listen to every day, I keep a notepad there. Because he gives me thoughts. Remember what our mind is? It's a house of thoughts. And I write those down. That's what all those little sheets of paper are from. It's from being beside my table when I'm listening to the word you can discipline yourself to do that amen instead of doing the what does he call it that you punch on the phone on the but before you go back to sleep oh the snooze I, I didn't even know we had that on mine I don't know I mean I can't lay there but anyway 64,000 thoughts. And it seems like they come in abundance when I, I lay my head down and I'm not busy. Okay. Okay. My mind is thinking something all the time. Your mind is too. We're never blanking the head. Remember that. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. I've got little notes here, but I... They're not doing me much good. Okay. 
This is good. Y'all all know that have been here very long know this is one of my favorite scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures. Verse 11. A fool. Did you get that? Uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. What's he keeping in? Words from his thoughts. Okay, so what, what that means is a fool utters his whole mind. A fool's thoughts are always in the front of the mind. They're right here. And he will end up saying those thoughts when they're in the front. But then he goes on to say what a wise man will do. And one commentary says, I loved this. One commentary says, the gate, which is the mouth, is always open to those words going forth. The gate, the mouth, when your thoughts are right here, and you know what I love to say, push them back, push them back, way back. That's one of my great sayings. But when they're right here, the gate right here is open for us to speak them. But a wise person always pushes his thoughts back to the back of his head. And you know what? That closes the gate. No, you push them back. How do you do that? With the words of your mouth. I'm not thinking those thoughts. Those do not love God. Those thoughts that I'm having right now do not love God. They do not play, please Him. I feel terrible today. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this, this week. Where's that money going to come from? Those thoughts are not loving God. What is loving God is I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. Everything I set my hands to do is blessed. Those are the thoughts that please him. I'm going to be a blessing to somebody today. You tell me who and what and when and where. So those are the kind of thoughts that love God with our mind. But you know what? You're prosperous whether you're living in it or not. It's available to you. And you have to study this word and get these words and become a doer of them. Remember, we've got to listen to what it's saying. We got everything. Susan said something to me the other day. She said, Mom, Mom, do you realize how blessed you are? I said, yes, I do. But I said, I also know how I got to be blessed. Financially, spiritually, and physically. Number one, we listened. We heard the word on tithing. And we listened. When we listened back, oh man, I don't know how many years ago. Things started changing. We listened and it caused us to become a doer. 
every, it started with us being givers. Give, Luke 6, 38. We, we learned that in the early faith message. Give, in Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That running over is where you're just blessing people. Now, you've heard that and heard that and heard that, but are you doing it? If you will start quoting that and saying that to where your mind will receive it, that I'm a giver. And you may not be a giver right now. And don't get hung up on the amount. I mean, there's, you give in many ways. And I'm, I mean, financially, with uh, gifts, with... I mean, I was blessed last week. I didn't even ask for it. But the Word of God says the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. So blessings can come in many different ways. I had two ladies in my church that said, What are you going to be doing Saturday morning? I said, I'll check my schedule. So I didn't have a ball game. So <laughs> I said, I'll be home all morning. Well, we'll be at your house at 11 o'clock. We're going to bring you something. They bring me some homemade goodies. One of my favorite things is scones that this one woman makes. And the other lady made something I'd never eaten before, but it sure was good. They, they had me a blessing box, and it had dish towels in it for the fall, and it had honey sticks to stir. I don't drink coffee. Like with my tea. or what? You know what that is? Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to study those blessings. Why those blessings came upon me and overtook me. Do you understand that? They will come upon you. And God uses people. But the important thing I like is I want him to use me. I want him to use me to bless you. And the enemy has tried to stop the thing that God has placed in my heart about my home being a filling station for women. And I, I felt like I wasn't fulfilling that. And he said, how many women have you had in your house since springtime? I started counting probably about 140 or 50 people, women, through my house. He said, he didn't steal it. Might have slowed you down, and it might have changed how it happened. And I thought, thank you, Lord, because I was feeling like, well, man, Satan's stealing that from me. But he didn't. He didn't steal it. Praise God. Oh, boy, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I hadn't even gotten into what we're teaching yet, but we're going to. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so where is my mind? When attacks come against you, when pressure comes against you, when you get discouraged because you have not received a manifestation, what are your thoughts? Do they go to the Word? There's a lot of discouraged people in the land today, Christians, that get discouraged 
because they haven't received their manifestation. But God told me, when I, I confess this, almost, I would say, every day, that he perfects everything concerning me. And he spoke to me one night when I was laying in my bed. I do a lot of thinking in bed. He said, don't you know I'm working on that? You know, God's your father. Now, doesn't that just sound like a daddy? He said, have I not told you I'm working on that? I am perfecting it. It is coming to pass. And you know what? It wasn't, well, it's been over a year. And it came to pass last week. Patience. Patience. But what it is, you don't quit saying what the word says. And I, I thank him every day. Father, I thank you for the manifestation. I thank you that you are perfecting this. And that, no, I was saying, I thank you, Father, that you perfect everything that concerns me. And you know what that is. And that's when he, it rose up in my heart, thank God for the Holy Spirit, that said, that said, I am perfecting it. You just can't see it yet. It's in the realm of faith. It's out there. I'm working on it. But he had to work through people. That's why you and I have got to become not just hearers, but we've got to become listeners to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. So, our mind, our soul, has a position that it should be in, and that's in the Word. It needs to be in the Word. In other words, what am I saying? My mind needs to be anchored to the Word of God and what it says. And the way I do things like this, I make a confession that I say, and, and, and as Susan knows and my kids, I've got them posted especially in my bathroom on the mirror. But I say, Father, I thank you that my mind is anchored to the Word of God. When my mind is anchored to the Word of God, I'm not going to be saying those things are doubt and unbelief. Right? If it's anchored to the Word. So we have to question ourselves. What am I thinking? Are my thoughts the thoughts that love God? Is my mind anchored to the word, let's go to um, Isaiah 26. There we go. And we're going to look at verse 3. He says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Now let that word perfect that means, to me, that means complete peace. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind, remember we're talking about your mind, when, whose mind is stayed on him. Because he trusteth in him. My mind is stayed on this word. It's, it's anchored to this word. And because it is, he will perfect peace in my life. I can have peace because it gives me trust. I have to trust God. I have to trust this word. 
because he is the one that watches over to perform it. And my job is to continually confess it regardless. The Lord, I'm telling you, he's just been doing work on me. I love it. He's had me singing something. Oh, the word is working mightily in me. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see. Isn't that neat? That's Charles Capps' theme. I've been going around days singing that. But did you get the message? No matter what the circumstances say or what I feel or what I see, the Word is still working in me. It is still working in you. If you keep it anchored in your mind. Those are the things that God likes for us to, to love him with. With the word of God. So I've been going around singing that. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. So he started having me sing that song. And you know what? That is so stuck in my mind. In Ezekiel, where, let me find Ezekiel, 37, Ezekiel 37 and 4. I'm giving you some of the stuff that he works with me on. Is that okay? Okay. Ezekiel 37 and verse 4. Okay. Now, I'm just sharing with you. I am not perfect in the flesh. I have attacks that have come against me bodily that I am overcoming. And my intercessors know that, and I've got good praise reports to give y'all on some of that. But y'all have known, those of you that are around me much, have known that I have had some issues with my legs and with weakness. Okay? Well, what am I doing about that? How am I going to let my mind love God while all of that's going on? Well, he gives me scriptures to start saying. And that one where um, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. I've got to share this with your sister. She and one other lady, you do not know how much we influence other people. Well, I have had, the had, and I'm sharing this with you so you'll know what to do. But it has bothered me because I have wanted to go down front a lot and kneel down. But the thoughts in my head was, you'll have to have somebody help you up. And they would be happy to do that. And so those thoughts in my mind have stopped me from doing what my heart wanted to do. You got it? The Lord's ministering to you this morning. 
she, I've got to tell her this. She has no idea how she has been ministering to me when I look over there and she is kneeling down front during praise and worship with her hands like this. All by herself. And there's another lady that'll do that. Well, you know what? That has told me something. I can do that. I started saying and telling my mind that was saying somebody's going to have to help you up. I hope y'all are getting this because you're growing up right up here. And so I have started saying, I can do that. And I have started speaking to my legs. And every morning now, I hope y'all don't, I hope y'all don't mind me sharing these things. But you see, I have to live this word too. Y'all can't just teach it. So every morning, when after I get up, I make my bed. I know y'all probably don't, but I do. I like to walk into my bedroom and it looks nice. I have been talking to my legs, and I'm going to give you the scripture here in a minute. I kneel down at my bed and I pray because I can do it. And I, and I tell myself before I ever kneel down, now we're talking about our mind and thoughts, and I tell myself before I kneel, get down on my knees, you know they don't even hurt when I get down on my knees? Why? Because I prepared myself before I started kneeling down. I was ready up here. And in my mind, I was loving God with my mind. And I started kneeling down every morning and spending time. It is just amazing the things that comes to my mind to pray about. Humbling myself, bending my knee before God. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. So I see Ezekiel 37, verse 4. Ezekiel 37, verse 4. Oh my, this, oh, I've really done a lot of study on this one. Um. And he said unto me, remember when the Lord, remember the uh, valley of the bones? Well, this is where this is coming from. And he said, and he said, God said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? God's talking to me. And that's verse 3. And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy, important word, upon these bones. And say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the the word of the Lord. Now you're hearing this, but are you listening? What is he telling you? Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of God. 
Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Okay. What's he going to do? He's going to prophesy to his bones. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And then he goes on and says, And I will lay sinners upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Well, the God, God started giving me scriptures like that, and he said, Start prophesying to your legs. You know, we need to bless ourselves. He said, Start prophesying to your legs so I started prophesying to my legs and I just took this scripture and put it in my own words and and uh, this is what I wrote down well in the first place the Holy Spirit has instructed me to start blessing myself by prophesying prophesying over myself are y'all listening okay write that down so you won't forget it. you got to prophesy over yourself. So now what I have done is to start prophesying over the areas that I need to see a change in. This is so important that we prophesy over ourselves. Bless yourself by prophesying the word over you. So I changed that. Now there's people in here that has trouble with your legs. I know that. The strength, you need strength. It's even, even your bones. And so this is what I've done. Prophesy up on those knees. And say unto those knees, Oh, ye dry knees. Don't you love it? I love the word. Hear the word of the Lord. Legs, knees, do you hear me? I said for you to hear the word of God. Y'all should be in my house sometimes. It's really strange. <laughs> and I talk to them. And I prophesy to them. You see, we got to do the word. So I tell them, you hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to speak to you what the word says. He, and, and then he said, I said, hear the word of the Lord. Say. Remember he said to him to say something? The Lord has caused breath. He has caused moisture and cartilage to enter into you. And legs, you shall have newness of life. That is what you call you've been listening to the word and not just hearing it. Oh, the word is working mightily in me. So I just start out singing. Oh, I just want you to get this. I just want you to love God with your mind. I want you to start prophesying over yourself what the word of God says about you. You know, faith is connected. We'll have to get into faith one day also, but... Love, faith works by love. Love your body. Love your mind. And prophesy over yourself. Did I ever read Isaiah 26 and 3? 
He will keep you in perfect. Yeah, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusteth in him. Well, the message Bible says this. People with their minds set on you, on God. Listen to this. This is the message Bible. You will keep completely whole. I think I sent this to you, Karen. If my mind is set on God and on the word, he says, he will keep me completely whole. The word will do that. And listen to this. Steady on his feet. Oh, boy. I've used this one, Kathy. I kind of fell all over her one day. But I was rescued. I had a young man come to my rescue. When I, I don't know if I passed out or what happened, but it happened. The, you shall be steady on your feet. What are you going to do that if you're having an issue with weakness? What are you going to do with that scripture right there? You're going to start saying, it, I am steady on my feet. Because God said so. Because, and this, I need to start over reading the Message Bible. People with their mind set, S-E-T, on you, on God, you will, God will keep completely whole, W-H-O-L-E, steady on his feet because they keep at it. Very important. So you have a bad day, and you're not steady on your feet, but you don't quit. He says they keep if you're anchored to the word, they keep at it and they don't quit. This is still the message Bible. They depend on God and they keep at it. I depend on God to honor his word. Because, listen to this, because in the Lord, God, you have a sure thing. In the Lord God, you have a sure thing. Oh man, it's the perfect opportunity to teach on patience. <laughs> It is such an opportunity to teach on patience because patience has a work to do. That word set, when it says your mind is set on, on the word, S-E-T, it means to fix, limit, and boundaries. So I have set on my mind boundaries that they will not go to a certain direction. I have set boundaries, and I have set limits. No, mind, you're not allowed to think that. That's not loving God with your mind. If you have ought against somebody, and that's where your thoughts are, that's not loving God with your mind. It covers every error of our life. Amen. Love God with our mind. Y'all just looking at me. I think you're getting it. Hopefully you are. So we need to ask ourselves, where's my mind? So ask yourself, where's your mind? Where is your mind concerning your situation, your life? Where is your mind? Is it, is it on the problem or is it on the answer? You see, it can't be on both. A house divided against itself won't stand. So James, when you go over to the book of James 1, I'm thinking verse 5 maybe, it talks about a double-minded man. For him not to even think that he can receive anything from God. There's a division. Amen. And you know, it's just like we talk about the pure glass of water. It was pure, but if you put a little poison in it, the whole thing becomes poison. So we've got to stay positive. 
And I loved this quote. Don't get lost in your head. Because it's a dangerous place to wander. Pause and think on that. Don't let whatever you're experiencing in your life today, regardless of what it is, don't let it cast the word out of you. Don't you love the word? I love the word. Hallelujah. I think it was your mama sent me a, a message the other day, and she said, I thought about you, Bonnie, because... Which one of the kids? Brindley. Brindley had the Bible hugged up like this. And I, I don't know how many times Lisa has seen me take this and say, I just love this. And she sent that to me. And she said, that made me think of you when she saw Brindley hugging the Bible. Because it is the most important thing in our life. It is our life. Amen. So, so don't, just don't let the experiences that you're going through right now cast the word out of you. Don't let those thoughts in your mind come to the forefront where you're saying the wrong thing. So, and, you know, that's the power that Satan has against us. It, he can get to our head. He will. And when he gets up here in our head and starts planting those thoughts... They're going to come out of our mouth if we meditate on them. We continue to think. I'm not telling you something that's easy to do. I'm telling you something that will get easier because it will become a way of life. So until it becomes a way of life with you, you're always having to say, oh, Father, forgive me. I, had wrong, I, I spoke the wrong thing. You know, but we're all growing up in the mind. But it will get easier. I promise you it will. Praise God. So don't get comfortable. This is something that we, as we get elderly, <laughs> praise God for the elderly. Amen. I love getting older. I really do. I'm not ready to leave. So don't get comfortable and think, this is the way my life is now. And I have had those thoughts that Wherever you are at this moment, don't get comfortable with where you are right now. God said that he knows the plans that he has for you, but do you know what his plans are for you? I do. I do. I've asked him. I know part of it is to prosper you, to be in health. And, and I know this thing with women is part of my calling. I know the plans that he has for me. And we've got to submit to that, to his plan. And sometimes we get ahead of him. He want to do, we want to do our plan. Our plan won't work. We've got to do what his plan is. That's why we have to go before him and take our mind and let him speak to our mind. What is his plan for me? So don't get comfortable. And that's what I'm telling myself. I'm not getting comfortable where I am right now. You see, I have to stretch my mind. And I have to use my imagination to see I'll be 84 my next birthday. I'm still 83. Okay? But I have to stretch my mind and I have to stretch my imagination because there is more for me. 
There is more for you. Ask him. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with where I am. I, 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 you have to answer the challenges that come before you. And I'm just sharing with y'all a lot of my life and how I overcome. But it's the word. And so I, I'm, goodness, please un, understand where I'm coming from. I hope it helps you. But I have had a challenge of walking from my house down to the swimming pool and walking down those steps in the past. But you know what I do? I do it. I make my body obey. And you know what? When those thoughts come, I'll say, you're going down to the pool. You're... I mean, you know, but I used to have to think about every step that I would take. Actually, y'all didn't know I was in that bad shape, did you? I'm not. But I had to meet that challenge. Satan will challenge you. He will challenge you as to what you can do. Now, uh, I go to um, the Arkansas hospital clinic, and that's where I do my workout on those machines. I tell myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And one of those young men told me, what, about three or four weeks ago, you're just stubborn. (laughs) I said, I am spiritually stubborn. You're right. And I had someone else the other day said, you're so stubborn. They wanted to help me do something. And I said, I can do that. And I do it. And they call me stubborn, but I'm spiritually stubborn. What am I doing when I do that? Let me tell you, if you sit down and don't do what this word tells you to do, you'll be in a chair the rest of your life. I hope I'm challenging you. So whatever comes my way, I have to meet that challenge with the Word of God in my mind. I absolutely make my mind love God. I make my body do things. But you know what? The Lord will tell me what to do and how to do it. If we'll just listen Amen. Aren't y'all excited about what you're going to get your body to do? I'm telling you. If you'll read the Word of God, you're going to find out you've got a good body. So, I'm not going to get comfortable with where I am today. I'm going to enlarge my vision to where I see things through the realm of faith. I'm going to see myself as overcoming every attack that the enemy brings. And that's Satan's business. He brings attacks. We know that. But I know how to meet them. You say, you're bragging. No, I'm telling you what the word will do. And, and it may be that uh, I'm, just, I'm just telling you the word, when we listen to it, gives us instructions, and it does work. But you have to work it sometime. You have to work. You have to put it to work. I'm telling you, 
when you get older, ladies, you don't sit down on that couch and give in to it. Are you listening? You don't sit down. I mean, it's okay to rest. I mean, I know, I know that there's times when I overdo that I know I need to go rest. But I challenge the attacks that come against me. And they're out there. Everybody. You know, everybody is challenged with attacks that the enemy brings. But if you don't, but if you will just stop, you check where your mind is. Where is it? Is it on how bad you feel? Is it on, I don't think I can do this? Or is it I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me? You really can. <laughs> but will you? You getting it? This is better than what you think. It'll bring you out of every challenge that the enemy brings against you. But don't forget, you have to have patience. You have to continue to say what the Word says in every situation. Now then, so don't get comfortable, ladies. There's more for you out there. You thought, oh, man, I thought I was retiring. Well, you don't ever retire. You know that. There's people out there that need you. Okay, 1 John um, 5 and 4, you know what that says. He's, let, let's just turn over there, 1 John, just before Revelations. It's very important. Well, I'll get out of Peter there. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Now, most of you can quote this, but I want you to get past that being able to quote it, and I want you to listen to it. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Your faith. How do you get faith? By hearing the word of God. Listen. You cannot live on yesterday's faith. Faith comes by hearing every day of the world. Cannot live on yesterday's faith. Who is he? Me? That overcometh the world. Are you living as an overcomer? You know, you, you are probably, we are all in, a pro, in the process of fulfilling this scripture. So don't be condemned. I am overcoming whatever the world brings, whatever the enemy brings. And I see myself as that overcomer. I stretch my imagination to see myself. I see myself doing something before I ever do it. And so do you. You see if you're a, a buzzer pusher or whatever they call that thing that's on your phone or clock or snooze, <laughs> the snooze button. I've never used a snooze button, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> you can overcome that. Why do you want to lay there? You know, get up. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. Get up out of that bed. You can at least go listen to some word. 
or get on your knees beside your bed and pray. You know? Oh, well, I could go a lot of directions there. So who is he that overcomes the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So he has placed within us and within this word for us to become an overcomer of whatever. I don't care what you're facing today. Stretch your imagination to see yourself and make yourself. I tell you, one of these days we've got to have Karen Wilkins share some things, how she overcame. Totally paralyzed from here down, wasn't it? Totally. Twice. And I tell you, she has been an example to me for years and years and years and years and to a lot of people because it goes back to that scripture that I read that said you don't quit. But she met that challenge the day that David and I found her at her house. Praise God. Her kidneys had quit functioning. She couldn't walk. She was propped against a wall and she fell on top of us. She drug, head up her Christmas tree. Do you mind me sharing this? I'm telling you, you meet a challenge. She met the challenge. And she was supposed to go home to see her mama in Kansas. That little German lady back there had the word in her so much. That's all that came out of her mouth. She said she was going to go home to see her mom. She couldn't walk. She drug her. You know what? She didn't let us take the tree down. I'm telling you how faith works and how you have to make yourself do some things. She drug herself on the floor with her arms around that Christmas tree taking down ornaments. And her kidneys had shut down. David picked you up. Took her to our house and laid her in our floor. Now this is faith. This is the word working mightily. Regardless of this, what you see or feel. And prayed over her. She ended up going to Kansas. Well, the attack came while she was out there and she came back. But she didn't quit. She did not quit. The word was so big on the inside of her that she said nothing except what the word of God had to say. Now that's where we've got to get this mind renewed to the word. Look at her today, pastor of our children's church. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when that other attack came, I just, I just have so many images. You don't know how pitiful you look, but bless her heart. People thought she was blind because she had on sunglasses and she was in a wheelchair like this. And we, you know what? Julie was a baby, but the first thing she said to me when she called me and then they told me that she had a brain tumor, I answered the phone. And she was at the hospital in Little Rock. She said, I'm going to live... To raise my daughter. Well, she's here. Her daughter giving her three wonderful boys. <laughs> you know. But listen, we're talking about tough faith. What are you going to do 
Why, what, how are you going to make this body obey you? This was not instant. But she won. Because of knowing what was inside her. Praise God. We put her on our feet, Susan and I did. <laughs> and we walked her like this. We bathed her. I'll never forget. A little stubborn thing. You don't care. You were spiritually stubborn, and I've learned from you. I've learned from you to be spiritually stubborn. But we had to take. She wanted to go to get Julie clothes for school. She was just a little girl. And she wanted to write her check. They took it. Stubborn. Stubborn faith is what I'm talking about. She wrote that check out herself. It was all over. It was up here. It was down here. It was all over. They accepted it. Now these kind of testimonies will do something for you. It'll put the, I got to get to work. Well, I'm telling you, faith works, and, and we'll get into some more of that this year, but I'm excited about this year because the Word says that He has made you an overcomer. You See yourself already as overcoming whatever challenge comes your way. I'm an overcomer. I'm not even going to get through because I've just got a couple of minutes. So remember that you can't live on yesterday's faith. You've got to hear this word every day. Faith doesn't quit. You can quit faith, but faith doesn't quit. Praise God. Uh, we'll get into this probably next week with where Psalms 142 and 7 where David said, bring my mind, he said, bring my soul or bring my mind out of prison. We, we can kind of end with that and maybe start there next week. But he said, bring my mind out of prison from all of those old thoughts, the way I was thinking. And you know what? Then praise him that he did. My mind has been brought out of prison because I said, Father, I want you to bring my mind out of prison and I want to start loving you with my mind. So, with that, let's stand. And let's just make a confession. I want you to imagine presenting your mind to God. Just stand there and use your imagination. See yourself. See God. See yourself before the Father. And say this, Father God, I'm your daughter. And I bring my mind right now. And I present it to you as a living sacrifice. Holy Spirit, correct me when I allow the wrong thoughts to enter my mind, forgive me for those, correct me, and from now on, I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to love you, Father God, 
with my mind in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you see it? I love y'all. I hope you don't think that I've shared too much of my own life, but, but what he teaches me, I don't know. I've just got to teach it to you. Amen.